Diego Lasco is here and what a week we got Euro 2020 and Copa America semi-finals and of course the end of the week looking to the finals as well. This episode is packed. Fabrizio Romano talks to us about Euro 2020 stars that could be shaking up this summer. Also some other stories including those who are moving. Uh, Sergio Ramos, Hakimi, of course the announcements for PSG as well. And we have Jimmy Conrad in the second part of this episode to give our Euro 2020 betting tips and of course Copa America. I told you it was a packed one. Gego Lasso begins right now. Hey everybody, welcome to Gego Lasso. Another week and what a busy week and we begin of course with Fabrizio Romano. Jimmy Conrad will join us later on for Euro 2020 and Copa America betting tips but we begin with Fab. Hermano, Fabrizio, how are you my friend? Fine, fine, fine. Hello, guys. Really happy to be together. Looking forward for this week. It's so important for uh, Italians and not only, of course, but me as Italian, I'm really buzzing to see what happens against Spain. And it's really important on the transfer market because now we have big moves going on. Finally, Sancho official, but many others to come soon. So really looking forward to it. It's a very busy week, as you mentioned, Italy with that huge game against Spain. Jimmy Conrad will be coming later with some betting tips, but Fabrizio, you must be so happy about Italy and how close they are. Uh, you know, we've been very cautious about Italy, but right now, this ultimately, you would think it's the toughest test yet, right? Against Spain, who's doing so well. Yes, yes, 100%. Yes, to be honest, uh, I was not so confident about the team because, you know, we don't have international players, I would say, apart of Bonucci and Verratti and Chiellini, but he's now 37. So, But they're doing something incredible, incredible. The team spirit, the quality of the play style is incredible what they are doing. And so, really, congrats to Roberto Mancini for the huge job he did with this team. Remember that we were out of the World Cup. We have to remember about it. The team was struggling. We were terrible. And then Roberto Mancini arrived and changed everything with Maybe many of the same players. So look how a manager could change everything for a, for a national team. So congrats to Italy and to Roberto Mancini in particular. Absolutely. 32 matches unbeaten. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's keep going because, uh, hey, also, by the way, everybody, uh, Fabrizio and I share a common interest in uh, my, my absolute hero right now. If you're watching this on YouTube, <laughs> you know that I'm wearing Peru right now. By the time you listen to this or watch this, hopefully you're also paying attention to Copa America, which uh, Peru plays Brazil. And one of the Peruvians heroes is Gianluca Lapadula. Lapagol, we call him in Peru, uh, Fabrizio. He is an absolute hero. He has taken Peru by storm. He is so passionate. He's uh, born in Italy, born in Turin, uh, yeah. but he, uh, he has a, a Peruvian parent, and that's why he can uh, represent Peru. Fabrizio, we love him in Peru. We love him. Uh, <laughs> and so from, for an Italian, I want to thank you for giving us Gianluca Lapadula. <laughs> a great player, huh? A great player. He's really, really good. He was playing with AC Milan. He had the opportunity to play with AC Milan. Then the, was not the same team we say today. AC Milan were really struggling in this moment, so it was not just up to La Padula. But he's always been one of the best strikers in the middle top clubs here in Italy. So always fighting with clubs in, in complicated situations sometimes. But he's always been focused on football. So professional, so passionate, as you said. So he's so South American and Peruvian in this, in this way because I know why you love him. And also in Italy, we call him Lapagol because he's always scoring. He's always fighting for the team, with the team. So he's amazing. And I'm really curious to see where he's going because 
I think he will move. He will play in the Serie A next uh, next season. So I see him moving from from his club Benevento in, in the second division. Let's see. I will let you know. I will let you know. Yeah. Well, listen. Just like Jack Grealish, you let me know straight away. La Padula, <laughs> I need to know straight away. Yes, and, in I, your top eleven, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, everybody, uh, as as Fab was mentioning, La Padula, Benevento, who got relegated, of course. So it's a very. I don't see him playing in Serie B. Uh, Fab, you think said, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing rumors of other clubs are interested, but we'll have to see. I mean, he is over 30 years old. So that's, that's an, uh, you know, that's yes. something to take into account, but I'm, yes. I'm hoping, I'm hoping he lands somewhere good. Hey, and listen, Aston Villa, I know that you need a backup for Ollie Watkins. Gianluca La Padula <laughs> right here. Would be your dream. <laughs> oh, forget about it. I would move, uh, I would move back to England if that happened. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. Anyway. Let's uh, let's not make this a full La Padula uh, episode, everybody. We have a very, very good episode today. And let's begin. And by the way, if you go to cbsports.com, you can read uh, Fabrizio's latest uh, Here We Go article, which includes a lot of Euro 2020 stars could be shaking things up this summer. We have talked extensively about Harry Kane and Jack Grealish, so you should really know the deal there. On one side, Harry Kane, obviously uh, a bit denied. Fabrizio uh, from uh, Tottenham to Man City and Jack Grealish, Villa still hoping they're going to come to an agreement for a new contract. Uh, Pep interested, but nothing yet after Euro 2020. So we can move on from that perspective, right? Uh, I mean, that, that's pretty much yes. where we're at. Yes, the situation is still is still the same for, for Jack Grealish and Harry Kane. And I think it's, it's also important to understand that these players are playing at the Euros. So they don't want to be, they want to be only focused on the Euros, on England, and then we will see what happens. But also look at Jadon Sancho. They found an agreement with, with Borussia Dortmund, but the player is not talking a lot about Manchester United. He wants to be focused on the Euros. And immediately after, of course, he will enjoy his Manchester United move. So, and obviously, uh, you know, Fab is here every week, so we'll be able to update you. And of course, with emergency episodes, but let's talk about some players that, uh, you know, we haven't talked about enough and we probably should. Manuel Locatelli, we've been talking about Italy doing so well. Um, you know, the Sassuolo star, such a great player. What's the latest on him and his uh, future with Sassuolo and beyond? Yes, it's an interesting situation with Manuel Locatelli because some days ago the CEO of Sassuolo, Giovanni Carnevale, here in Italy was saying that Arsenal made an official proposal and from Arsenal's side they are denying this official proposal. I think it's normal because when you know that the player is not 100% convinced about the move, you are not going to confirm anything. So it's part of the poker game of the transfers. Uh, but Arsenal have an interest in Manolo Catelli. I can say 100%. They, they like the player, they love the player, they see him as perfect to play in the Premier League. So Arsenal are really interested in Manolo Catelli. And in my personal opinion, he would be perfect for Premier League. So I'm not surprised because, as you, as you see in the Euros, but in general, this guy is really, really good. But what's, what's happening? Why Locatelli is not convinced? Because he wants to join Juventus. His dream is to join Juventus and Juventus are currently negotiating with Sassuolo. There is still no agreement between the two clubs because Juventus are proposing some players as part of the deal. Uh, Sassuolo are asking around 40 million euro to sell Locatelli this summer and my feeling is they are 100% selling Locatelli because the player wants to go. But with, with Juventus, the agreement is not completed yet. This week, there will be a new meeting between Sassuolo and Juventus to see if they can reach an agreement, if they can get closer to agree on Locatelli. But for sure, the player wants to wait for Juventus and that's why Arsenal now they are just waiting to see what happens between Sassuolo and Juventus and just in case they will be ready to jump in a negotiation if Locatelli will change his mind but at the moment he wants to join Juventus and he wants to play Champions League that's why for Arsenal it's not so easy and they are going for Lokonga from Anderlecht 
Wow, interesting. And of course, it's a new project under Max Allegri. So, you know, that will be a very interesting plan for anybody that joins Juventus at this point. All right, moving on, but staying in Serie A, but staying in Euro 2020 as well. Mikel Damsgaard, uh, you know, Sampdoria, 21-year-old star. You know, they paid only, what, $7 million for yeah. him. And now, obviously, he's worth way more. What's the latest on him? Good, good talent, really. Uh, we saw him in Serie A last season and he's been really good, but he was not always playing as a starter. Here at the Euros, he's been incredible, one of the best young talents, uh, absolutely. And that's why many clubs are interested. In Italy, we have rumors about Asimilan, but uh, also Tottenham have been scouting this guy for a long time. When Mourinho was the manager, they had him in the scouting place because he's always been appreciated. But the president of uh, Sampdoria, Ferrero, just said some days ago, I want... 50 million euro for Damsgaard. So I think it will be really difficult to sign him this summer. I think the real price will be around 35, 40 if you negotiate, if you start to open talks to sign this player. But it's, it's really difficult. So we will see if some club from maybe the Premier League, because in my opinion it would be perfect to play the Premier League, will try this, this kind of deal. At the moment it's still quiet, but I think it could be one of the players to keep an eye on in the coming weeks. Well, Tottenham's uh, Pierre-Emil Hoiberg maybe can do something about this and uh, you know pr- persuade a uh, <laughs> but we'll see what happens there. Hey, listen, uh, let's keep going with uh, stars in Euro 2020. Pau Torres, very good center back from Spain. We actually have talked about him even before Euro 2020. Um, yes. You know, he's, he's a very good talent. What's the latest with him and, and his future with Villarreal? Yes, he has a release close, and that's why he's a player we need to keep an eye on because when you have a release close in, in three weeks and in four weeks, everything could be completed. In, also, if San Club is not being rumored about Paul Torres, I will keep an eye on Manchester United. Their priority is Rafa Varane, but at the moment, it's not like advanced or agreed with Real Madrid. So they have a list for center backs, and Paul Torres is has always been in this list. Uh, his release close is 65 million euro and not 50. Uh, some rappers from Spain were saying 50 is 65 million euro. So we will see if some club will pay this release close. We'll try to negotiate with Villarreal. As I said, Manchester United have an interest, but Varane is their priority. And also we have to keep an eye on Spanish clubs because maybe Barcelona will be looking at a centre-back. Not now in the market because now they need to sell players. They sold Firpo to Leeds. They need to sell some other player like Coutinho and many others because they need to make money. But uh, in, during the window, keep an eye on Barcelona, Real Madrid, what they want to do with the centre-back. Because, of course, uh, if Varane is leaving Real Madrid, so Paul Torres could be one of the players to keep an eye on during the window. So you mentioned Manchester United. We've talked about them a lot. And of course, uh, Jadon Sancho, a very good purchase. But I keep hearing Eduardo Camavinga, Mauricio Romano. I know that also reports are, of course, he'd rather stay in France. So maybe PSG comes in. A very bright future. What's the latest on him? There's a lot going on with him. Yes, there are a lot of rumors and uh, what I can say is that Manchester United are really, really interested in Eduardo Camavinga. In the last few days, they had direct contacts for this potential deal. Uh, they know that Ren would be open to negotiate for, uh, for Camavinga just because you know, the situation is on his contract only one year left. So it's a big opportunity for many clubs to sign him as a free agent, potentially from January. But signing him now, Rand would be open to negotiate around 30, 35 million euro for Eduardo Camavinga. And that's why Manchester United are considering to move immediately this summer to sign the player. It's not directly linked to Pogba. So it's not like Pogba leaving and Camavinga joining. It's Pogba, let's see, but Camavinga talks now going on. 
but we'll see what happens because as you said, Paris Saint-Germain have always been interested in Kamavinga and the player is not in a rush because when you have this kind of situation only when you're left on, his con- on your contract and also you are one of the best talents in the world, you have not any rush. So that's why Kamavinga is so relaxed. But Manchester United are really interested and so we will see what happens in the next weeks. All right, well, let's finish up with players that are going to PSG. Sergio Ramos, Hakimi. I mean, they're building a squad here, uh, Fabrizio Romano. If they don't win anything next season, I'm going to be very disappointed in Mauricio Pochettino. I'm unbelievable. But uh, what's the latest on both of them, specifically Hakimi? Because that's the one that's uh, very close to being announced, correct? Yes, yes. It's just a matter of days, hours to see the official announcement of Ashraf Hakimi joining Paris Saint-Germain. He's now in Paris, set to sign his contract for five years with Paris Saint-Germain. Inter are going to receive 70 million euros, add-ons included, for Ashraf Hakimi. They paid 40, now they will receive around 70. But let me say, what a player. In Serie A, he's been the best right-back I remember since Maicon, I would say. So with Maicon and Kapu, wow. maybe the best right-back we had in Serie A in the last 20 years. He's been really, really incredible. And that's why Paris Saint-Germain wanted him. Leonardo wanted him. Akimi wanted Paris Saint-Germain because also Chelsea were interested. They never made an official bid, but they were interested. But Akimi wanted to join Paris Saint-Germain. And so now it's just a matter of days to announce the deal. Sergio Ramos, this week the deal will be completed with medicals, with signing contests for two years. So they are preparing everything. But Sergio Ramos is also one step away from being announced as new as new Paris Saint-Germain player and they are doing something incredible because after the Euros they will announce also Donnarumma as new signing as free agent leaving AC Milan while well, the player too because I know Paris Saint-Germain fans have Keylor Navas as an idol but Donnarumma is one for the present and for the future because he's fantastic so I think they are doing something like video games when they are signing players <laughs> yeah. this summer. They're so, playing football manager, Fabrizio <laughs> Romano. Yeah. Yes, it's something like video games. So I'm curious to see what's next for Paris Saint-Germain because they are doing all in for this market and they want to win everything next next season. So I'm really curious to see what's next. I would say Moise Keen from Everton because they want to sign him again on loan in this case. And Kylian Mbappé, by the way, who's entering the final year of his current contract, apparently he will not renew anything, but he will honor this final contract. Is that what we're believing? Yes, yes, yes. Also because Paris Saint-Germain at the moment, uh, they, they want to keep Mbappé. The president, Al-Khelaifi, will fight to extend his contract. As you say, at the moment, there is no agreement yet. So the situation is still on the air for, uh, for Mbappé. But for sure, the president, Al-Khelaifi, will try and try and try to extend Mbappé contract. And also, and also we have to keep in mind that Real Madrid are looking at the situation. If not for this summer, next one could be the, the, the potential summer for Mbappé. We will see. Well, the transfer madness never stops. And obviously with Euro 2020, uh, even more news. And Fabrizio just gave us so much there. And don't forget to follow him on Twitter, on Instagram. Of course, CBS Sports, CBS Sports HQ. Plenty more to come from Fabrizio. And good luck, Fabrizio. Italy against Spain. Uh, It's going to be quite a cracking game. Uh, My friend, seriously, good luck. It's going to be quite a game. Are you going to be nervous or what? What are you going to watch it, by the way? Thank you. No, I will be nervous. I will be nervous with my friends. I'm so nervous when I look at my team. So I'm really, really nervous. And like if I'm playing. (laughs) So I stand up and look at the match close to the TV always. So it will be difficult also because we have still to remember that when Spain destroyed us in the final of the Euros, so it's always difficult for us to think about Italy, Spain, but this time seems different. So let's hope. 
Hey, listen, nobody sings the national anthem like Italians. Do you guys do it in the living room as well? Like, I don't, we Peruvians do. do it. Do you do it as well, right? We do, we do, we do. <laughs> I will show you. And one day I will send you the video of how we sing during the semifinals. Oh, and please do. <laughs> oh, please do. That will be an exclusive. It will be amazing. It. I love it. Let's Fabrizio Romano, thank you so much. We're going to come right back with Jimmy Conrad. But Fabrizio, thank you so much, my man. Thank you. Thank you again. See you soon on Kegolas on CBS Sports. Enjoy, Jimmy, and see you soon. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Kigo Lasso. Fabrizio Romano said goodbye, but we welcome Jimmy Conrad. Jimmy C, first off, looking good in your Argentina shirt. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm excited to be back on the show with you. I, I missed you, Luis, after hosting In Your Stead with Jonathan Johnson. There was a big void in our lives doing yeah. that podcast. But you know what? We're back reunited and it, <laughs> it feels, feels so good. good. Let's well, go. Jimmy, first of all, uh, thank you so much for doing it today. It was great. I listened to it. Uh, it was awesome. And I'm feeling bad because Lisa already hosted, you hosted as well now. And I need to tell my bosses that I'm still worthy. Okay, <laughs> please. Because you guys did such a great job. I appreciate it so much. And yes, I missed you. So welcome back. How are you? Everything good? Yeah, yeah, great. Obviously a nice uh, holiday weekend with uh, probably- America! Yeah, F yeah. You know, I uh, a lot of calories over these types of weekends. So- <laughs> You know, you got to enjoy it, I suppose. And then you got to work it off for the next three weeks. But it's fine. It's fine. All, everything's good. Everything is good. And everything is good right here, everybody. Welcome. Uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show and the top of this segment, this is now your Euro 2020 and Copa America semifinals preview. Before we begin, and because today, everybody, by the way, we're just going to preview Italy against Spain, because tomorrow's recap after the game will preview England against Denmark. So today it's Italy, Spain, and we'll have some Copa America content for you today. Jimmy, before we get into it, uh, are you surprised at these uh, teams at Euro 2020, the, the final four? Italy, no. England's, given that they had pretty much every game at home, no. I am surprised that they haven't given up a goal yet. I'll say that. Spain, 
a little bit surprised. I actually thought with Italy and Spain, when I was doing previews way before, you know, uh, months before the Euros and starting to look at the national teams in a more meaningful way, I always just looked at Italy. I looked at Spain. I'm like, oh, they're not ready yet for this Euros. Maybe for the World Cup in a year and a half, 18 months, when they get some of their younger guys to be a little bit more mature, a little bit more experienced. Boy, I was wrong on that. So both of these teams have really leaned on some of their younger players to to help them get to this point and obviously have a nice backbone of, of experience in the spine of their team. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But the way that Spain have played, I do think, if we're going to get slightly into the preview, I think Italy's got a bit of an edge. But Denmark, for sure, 1,000%, obviously very surprised for a lot of different reasons, the Christian Eriksen situation, and then how they responded to that initially, and the pressure they were under. And then since then, since they've relaxed a little bit, they have been unbelievable. So so you can't sleep on the Danes. So we'll see how uh, this all plays out. But yeah, obviously a few surprises. And then all of a sudden, when I say, hey, Italy, Spain, England are three of the four teams in the semifinals. You're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, so it's surprising and then not surprising at the same time. Yeah, and in the, in the manner in which they got here, I guess, surprising as well, because obviously Italy completely dominated, obviously that hiccup against Austria, but they still go through, and England having lost a game, having conceded a goal, etc. And Spain, I mean, they didn't start very well, and look where they are. But we begin with Italy and Spain, and that's the main preview for today, so make sure that you tune in right now. So Italy have only beaten Spain, by the way, in their last 14 games in all competitions. So historically... Mm-hmm. The Spanish feel very good. However, Jimmy Conrad, this is an Italian side, honestly, that I have never seen before. They are a complete package. What can you tell me about this game? What I'm going to say about this game is I look at vulnerabilities and how each team could potentially unlock the other team. When I look at Spain, what gives me some cause for concern is when they got pressed when there was some urgency from the other team, I'm talking about Croatia with five minutes left and they give up two goals. I'm, I'm looking at the Switzerland game they just had where Switzerland were going after them. And when they did, Spain didn't really have a lot of answers. And, and when you see that conversely for Italy, the only game where I felt like they were under it a bit was against Austria. And yet they still survived. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't break. Where we've seen Spain under the same circumstances break and give up goals and have now survived a few times to get to this point. Italy did survive the Austria stuff, but they didn't give up a goal at that time, right? So there is, for me, that's a pretty significant distinction in terms of how both of these teams are coping with adversity. But also Spain are going to have a ton of possession. The thing is, when you look at both goals that Italy scored in, against Belgium, it's due to some very, very good pressing of the ball. And it was higher up the field. And that led to both. Ferrati was involved in the first one in particular that, that Barella came in and had some good composure in the box and finished. And then there was some really good pressure, some good team collective pressure. So when I talk about team pressure, everybody, and I'm a big soccer tactic nerd about this stuff. If everybody presses at the right time collectively and moves together, there really is no option for teams to play out of it outside of just hitting the ball up over the top, a real hopeful ball. But if you have a team like Belgium, and you have a team like Spain who are very similar, who take a lot of pride in keeping the ball. You can play into that ego. You can play into that arrogance a little bit. And you can win the ball in very, very good areas for your team, which is very vulnerable areas for the opposing team. And you can exploit them, which is what Italy did to great effect against Belgium. And I see that. I mean, when I think about who I think is going to win this game, that's what I lean into is this consistency in terms of how the team is moving. 
And there've been some fantastic performances from Italy, Spain. I feel like, do we still know their best 11 yet? I don't know, but I think it's pretty clear what Italy's is. Yeah, very, very good points all around, especially the pressing. When I was watching that Belgium game, I was very impressed at how Italy collectively were really suffocating them, intoxicating them, especially when they were trying to get out of their own goal. By the way, as well, in terms of semifinals, Italy um, have reached their 12th semifinal at a major tournament now, with only Germany appearing more. Uh, you know, so historically, that's, that's, that's pretty good, right? as well. That's pretty, that's that's pretty, pretty good. good, right? <laughs> I think that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. But Spain, you know, make no mistake about it. This is, you know, this is a Spanish side that has won the World Cup. They, they know exactly how to perform as well. And uh, so everything that I'm hearing from the Spanish camp is like they're so happy and lucky to have a manager like Luis Enrique, who doesn't have to worry about anything else. There's no club commitment, whatever. And that's the same with Italy and Roberto Mancini. They're both, you know, they're completely dedicated to this setup. I mean, the same thing you can say about Southgate, of course. Uh, but I think most specifically with two teams that are still looking to find who they really are. It's really, really key. So, all right, let's talk. Let's start before you want to add anything else. I really want to get into this betting tips because I'm really intrigued to know what the lines are saying in this one, man. Yeah, so first and foremost, when you look at the lines, and I'm just going to get them up here just so I can give you, find some exotics if you guys want it. But the ones that I'm looking at is Italy to win straight up, plus 140. They have it as a bit of a coin flip, and I think that's kind of disrespectful to Italy. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's now plus 145, actually. I have these written last night, and it's jumped up a little bit for Italy. So you could get even better value. It's one and a half to one. You bet 100 to win 145. I just think Italy are a better team. Now, there is one caveat I should add. Spinazzola, who has been one of the best players, most consistent players for Italy throughout the tournament, tore his Achilles. Yeah, so, so you're going to have... Oh, it is. Terrible. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate as a Roma supporter in particular because that's where he plays. Emerson is going to come in. Emerson, I don't know how many minutes he played for Chelsea this past season. He's a Champions League winner. You can't take that away from him, but he didn't really contribute. So And Spinazzola, as you said, has been one of the players of this tournament. Just unbelievable just how good he was. It's so sad for him. And it's just solid. Like It's one of those things when you're a manager where I'm going to put this guy in this spot and he's going to do this job for me. And then for that player to do that for five straight games in a major tournament is, is pretty impressive. And that really allows the manager to now look at different options. Hey, maybe he pairs better with uh, Barella or maybe he plays better with Verratti in front of him. You know what I mean? Then you start to get to tinker a little bit because you trust that player and that player's performances uh, game in and game out. So I'm looking at Italy to win straight up plus 145. And then from there, I encourage you guys to find what you think it's going to be. Is it going to be under two and a half goals in Italy win? You know, is it, is it going to be the over? Do you think Spain will find the back of the net? That's where I'm going to encourage you to kind of follow your heart with regard to that. I think there's going to be two or two or three total goals. This is a crazy value you can find on, on, the, on William Hill with this multi-goal tally at the end. If you go two or three total goals, that's plus 100. I know it feels pretty safe, but... There are times where I want to give you guys some some nice, safe ones to consider. Yeah, this just cover, get your money and go home. That's it. You don't this need to covers, do well, That's it. Two, two or three total goals is pretty solid because it, it covers 1-1, one, one, okay? Covers 2-0 either way, and it covers 2-1 either way. Yeah. So it gives you a lot of action, and it's still a positive value on William Hill. Those felt like the two safest, but I because I just I don't know which version of Spain we're going to see, Luis. I really don't. And the problem that I have with Spain, and the one way that I think you can hurt the Italians – who's still not giving up a goal in the first 90 minutes of any of these games, by the way. They yeah, had to give up a goal um, in extra time. But 
Oh, no, no, actually, they gave one up to Belgium. I'm sorry. I was thinking of the Austria game. But yeah, they gave up a penalty that was some people didn't even think that was a penalty. So they haven't given up a goal in the run of play. But I think the one way that you can hurt them is you got to be able to stretch the defense. And when I look at Spain's front three that they're going to probably have, Danny Olmo, who likes to drop in into the midfield and look to combine. You got uh, Ferran Torres, who can do it a little bit. He likes to get in behind. He's the one player that I think is pretty unique. And then you got Alvaro Morata, who can run. He'll run off the shoulders of the center backs, but he's not gonna he's not gonna win a foot race, right? So I I without stretching the I mean, then I'm talking about him a foot race with Benucci and Chiellini, who have a ton of experience. They should be able to outrun him, but he and they're they're his teammate, right? They all play at Juventus together. So there's that familiarity that I think kind of plays more into Italy's hands than it does for Spain. They're gonna have a ton of possession. We know that it's just a matter of whether they can create those numerical advantages and wear Italy down. But at this point, Italy are so comfortable with go ahead you can have the ball or we'll high press i mean that's what i think makes this italian team you said at the very beginning this is what i think makes them special is that they can get into that caranaccio and be hard to break down and have a couple lines that are there are four or five that make it very tough tough to break through or they can high press or they can they can have a a, a hybrid between the two i that's what i think this is what makes this group special is that they can adjust and be flexible based on the opponent and the situation and that's why I think Italy's going to get through. I could see 2-0, but if I wanted to show some respect to Spain, I maybe I'd throw my goal at 2-1 because I think as their desperation comes in, you're going to you'll see a different version of Spain when they're kind of trailing. So I don't really know. That's where I get a little tricky because I I can see a 2-0 and I can see a 2-1. Now the 2-3 total goals covers both of those, but the value, you know, you don't get as much action, uh, as much juice if you win. So that's because of the under versus the over. It gets a little tricky. What are you thinking? I'll look up a couple lines for you. Well, I think uh, the 2-1 intrigues me because I do think that Spain, obviously, as we have seen, uh, can score freely. That They haven't yet met, of course, uh, a side so strong defensively as Italy as well. So 2-1 is what I'm leaning for with Italy. I just think that they will probably control both halves too. Like I think they will lead one nothing in the first and lead again one nothing in the second and then late on Spain will probably get a goal. The other thing that I think is an advantage is, and we haven't talked about it enough, I guess, or we have, I guess, but worth repeating is obviously, you know, their center back pairing, Italy center back pairing, Chiellini and Bonucci. I mean, listen, they pretty much canceled out Lukaku, like pr- pretty much for the, for the majority of the time. And Spain also play with a system where they only have a sole number nine. So I don't think they're going to, by the way, a number nine, if it's Morata, who also plays in Italy. So, you know, I don't think, and a teammate, of course, of of some of these players, as you mentioned. So that's another thing that worries me for Spain. I'm saying 2-1, especially you're giving me the three-goal option. I think think it's 2-1 Italy. That's what I'm saying. 2-1 Italy. So when I look at William Hill, when you look at the the match results and the over-under, the favorite on William Hill is draw and under two and a half goals plus 250. That's a bit of a surprise. I thought they were going to lean one way or the other. Italy to win and over two and a half goals plus 333. So bet 100 to win 333 or 10 to win 33 bucks. Italy win and under two and a half goals plus 360. That's Spain are the last two on that one for the, those. Those are both. both Spinazzola's absence though, Jimmy, does worry me a bit. He- well, that's because <laughs> Ferran Torres, who I think is the one player who, let's liken him, in some ways to Jeremy Doku for Belgium, who does have a little bit of speed that if you time that run correctly, can get in behind. And we saw Ferran Torres do that to great effect against Croatia. So he has that ability and they're looking for him. I guess that's the thing. You can have players make runs until, you know, the cows come home or whatever dumb phrase that popped in my head at that moment. But 
but so bad. How bad is that one? So bad. No, I think but, I think you were right. That's fine. But, the, but, the cows do want to come home. So if you, if you have players that aren't looking to make those passes when those guys make runs, then who cares about the run, right? Yeah. So, but Spain do have that, and they we already have evidence of them looking for Ferran Torres coming off the shoulder and inside the outside back. But that's where I think the Ferran Torres versus Emerson matchup is very key. I think in a lot of different ways, and obviously you're going to want to see how Spinazzola. Uh, or how they're going to re- re- recover without him. I do want to mention, Emerson did come in right away for Spinozola in the last one to help them lock it down against Belgium. So he got a few minutes, so he can maybe relax a little bit, get that out of the system. Second, Secondly, he wants to get out of Chelsea. And there are a lot of Serie A clubs that are interested in bringing him home to, to, to Italy. I think he is going to make sure his game is ready to go. I think you're going to see an A game from Emerson because there's a little bit of that desperation of, I need to get out of my current club situation and I need to play well in this game to make that happen. And if I can play well in a Euro semifinal, it's going to be very easy then for my agent to then shop me around to the clubs that I want to go to. Yeah. Good point. The other part, I think the other part as well is like, you know, he, he, I think he wants to show Mancini why he probably deserves a starting lineup, right? It, it's, 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 yeah, it's a very, well, it's point. all there. It's all there for Emerson. I mean, he could come in and be the guy and then them not miss a beat and they go on to win the Euros. The guy's going to get signed by probably one of the top four or five clubs yep. in no, Italy. That's so true. It, it's hey, here's all there the other one. Before right. we forget, before we forget, because we've got other things to talk about, but before we forget, you cancel out, and this is not easy, you cancel out Sergio Busquets and you also, you know, create now yourself a good moment for you. I mean, and this Italian midfield, you know, oh my God. I mean, you know, just you, the fact that we were talking about if Verratti was going to start over other players, that's how deep they are. And Sergio Busquets is the absolute bridge between everything for Spain. If you can make it difficult for him, then maybe it's easier for Italy as well. How do you think that midfield battle is going to plan out? I think it's going to probably determine the game. I did want to mention earlier that these goalkeepers are probably going to have a big influence as well. Donnarumma yep. has been very solid. And Unai, Unai Simon, outside of that one mistake, he's been very good as well. Yeah. Excuse me. So what's interesting is that this team is almost almost like for like when we terms about in terms of roles. So you have Busquets in midfield, that is. Busquets who comes in, he's he's the guy that everything's running through him, as you mentioned. But that's what Jorginho is doing for Italy. So you have these two guys that are deep line playmakers really setting the pace, unlocking the teams as they transition from defense to attack, making those good, really simple passes that unlock everything, right? They make everything look easy. Yeah. Then you kind of got that hard worker, that young hard worker for, for Spain, that's Pedri, who has been a revelation for both Barcelona and Spain uh, this whole year. Barella is the guy, I would say, who really had, I think, his best game so far against Belgium, of the tournament against Belgium. And then, got, yeah. and then you got Verratti, who, I mean, as much as I love Koke, you know, Koke is a little bit more of a hard worker. He'll join the attack when he needs to, but but ultimately he's just covering so much ground. So I almost feel like Spain feels a little bit more defensive, whereas Verratti and Barella, I think are going to run off the shoulder of Jorginho a little bit more. These are really good matchups, though, if we look at it. So so also, Immobile didn't score last game, but he famously fell down and acted like he was hurt <laughs> while Barella scored uh, and then got up to celebrate. Tremendous, <laughs> a tremendous. I mean, listen, De Niro, amazing. De Niro amazing. and Raging Bull, Pacino and Dog Day Afternoon, Immobile in the game against Belgium. The three fantastic performances, I thought. I really fell for it. <laughs> I, I, I was in. Academy Award incoming. I, I, I'm i looking at anytime goal scorers and Chiro the Hero to score plus 200, I think is pretty good value. He's going to get good. a look. He's going to get a look or two. Alvaro Morata, if you're buying into him, building off of his confidence, getting a goal against Croatia, plus 240. 
for him to score. And uh, yeah, Insigne's plus 320 to score any time. Ferran Torres plus 300. We talked about him. Uh, I would actually kind of maybe look at if Chiesa starts, which it looks like he might, plus 375 for him to score. Like one of those front three, Insigne, Chiesa, or Immobile is going to score. It's just a matter of which one you want to put your money on. But I wanted to show those values or share those values with you guys so you kind of knew. And then just to get to... This is where some tremendous value is. If you think Italy is going to win and both teams will score plus 450. Well, that's my 2-1. Yeah. Right there. Yeah, that's that's really my 2-1 right value. there. So really that that value. so you you heard it here first everybody. And remember what we always tell you. Probability baby. Just you know, just keep, <laughs> you know, just 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 keep thinking about the smart ones, the smart picks and just, you know, make your choices. This is, you know, you, you can't complain. We gave you so much. All right. Hey, listen, Jimmy, I'm going to do a read, a live read with you right now. Okay. Ooh, just excited. before I'm going to sip my soccer mom's rock. Sip it. Coffee mug tea. Yeah. Love it. Sip it. I'm going to give you a better performance on Immobile right now. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give this read and then we'll do Copa America. But hey, everybody, I wanted to let you know about what's on CBS Sports HQ this week. As always, CBS Sports HQ is the network to start your sports news day at 8 a.m. Eastern with morning buzz, an hour of highlights, news, and all the days need to know. I'm always usually in that 8 a.m. morning buzz segment, Jimmy. And come back, Jimmy. You got to come back. Or you know what, Jimmy, you can leave CBS Sports HQ all day because at 6 p.m., where we break down all the night's action and release dozens of picks from the best analysts and cappers in the sports world, including yourself, Jimmy Conrad. So, you know, how to watch HQ? Well, I'm glad that you asked me subconsciously, Jimmy. Go to your Roku, Apple TV, Fire TV, really most connected TVs, and look for that CBS Sports app. Fire it up and check out HQ, the only 24-7 free sports streaming network, Jimmy Conrad. How do you think about that? I think that's amazing, and it's an honor to be a part of the CBS Sports HQ family. Absolutely. You got to check out Jimmy because he gives you betting tips on HQ as well. So just just have us all day, everybody. It's just too good. All right. Let's move on, because if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that Jimmy's wearing Argentina and I'm wearing <laughs> my beautiful Milino Peru. And we're going to talk very quickly about the semifinals of Copa America. Uh, let's begin. And I know you have bad news for me, but I don't care. I still believe Peru face Brazil. It's the repeat up to the 2019 Copa America final. Peru beat Paraguay in that insane game. That was match just, of the tournament, match of the tournament. Just insane. It was just, if you wanted to Google or go on an encyclopedia and be like, what is South American football like? It will be a, a link to that match. It was absolutely insanity. And then on the other side, Brazil um, did their thing and beat Chile. Um, Gabriel Jesus, by the way, if you haven't Fortunately, seen. <laughs> fortunately beat Chile. Ch -ch -ch -chile -le -le, yeah. With, with 10 men, but uh, there was also like a questionable, uh, you know, penalty call that obviously Brazil, you know, obviously go to their favor, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> anyway, Peru, Brazil, and then we'll go into Argentina against Colombia. Talk to me about Peru, Brazil and the betting tips right there. Okay. So really quick, they've already played each other, Brazil and Peru in this tournament. How did that go? Uh, terrible. We lost for nothing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then there was a world cup qualifier that you guys played in October of 2020. I think yep. Brazil scored four goals in that one yep. as well. And we so, were even, so, we were a little better in that game too. I'm you were because you scored two on the, on the flip side. Yep. It doesn't, it doesn't look good. Uh, and you guys lost Andre Carrillo because of a red Huge card, play. which is unfortunate because he's uh, been a catalyst for your, your attack. Now, as you mentioned, Brazil don't have any Gabriel Jesus, but what I really liked, and Neymar talked about it after the game, was that this team hadn't been pushed in that way, and yet they still found a result. I think they got pretty fortunate that they scored two minutes before uh, the, the red card, 
So they were chasing it a little bit there. And, and Chile, obviously, in their desperation not to get eliminated, were really pushing forward and trying to make them see things happen. But like we just mentioned about Italy, Brazil didn't break. They bent, but they didn't break. And they got an all-important clean sheet. So I just feel like the loss of Andre Carrillo from, from Peru is a bigger loss than Gabriel Jesus because now you can bring in a Vinicius Jr. When I look at this Brazil team on paper, dude, it's it's so dumb. It's not even... No, it's just ridiculous. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I mean, they I, don't. I, Fabinho, Fabinho's not even starting. They're going with Casemiro and Fred as a double pivot. It's just, and, and they're just stacked. They're stacked in every position, and okay. and it's it's ridiculous. So I just think, given all the things that I said, I'm really looking hard. With all due respect to Peru, who do really well in this tournament, especially in recent years, recent iterations of the tournament, I just think it's going to be too much for them. They played a. Uh, a little bit more of a, a longer game, right? Went into penalties and, and more emotional. And I think at some point, you, it's hard to keep riding that that luck in some ways. I'm going exact scores. That's where I'm going with. You said probability bets. I think this is where I'm going to go. 2-0 right. is the favorite for Brazil to win, plus 380. 1-0 is plus 450. I might even throw that one out. 3-0 is plus 500. So I might throw out the 1-0 because I just think there's going to be more goals than that. And throw in... Brazil to win three one exactly for plus twelve hundred. So you I bet mean, ten. You bet ten bucks. You win one hundred and twenty or a hundred to win twelve hundred. There's also one more though that I think could materialize. Brazil winning both halves is plus one seventy. I just think this is going to be one way traffic. I'm sorry. I know you're wearing your Peruvian kit and you're Peruvian, and I want to say otherwise, but this Brazil team is excellent. I'm Peruvian, but I'm not stupid. All right. Uh, listen, uh, here's the thing. Okay. Uh, I, the three one, uh, sadly, uh, in my heart, that does it. Listen, we began this episode, by the way, Jimmy, with uh, Gianluca Lapadula, the Peruvian Italian player who's been mm-hmm. fantastic. He, by the way, Benavento got relegated. So we're talking about, you know, this is also, you mentioned Emerson, right? And wanting to leave or whatever. Lapadula is probably in his head as well, thinking about an audition for himself as clubs look around. So that three one, Seems intriguing. Listen, I'm never going to say Brazil is going to win. I'm Peruvian. I want to go for it. But everything points to Brazil. As Jimmy mentioned, and as I have talked about Brazil, even before Copa America, you have everybody else in South America. And then you have like a 1300 story building. And then you have Brazil. Brazil are a cut above anybody else. They have a squad that's so good that Man City players are not even starting. Right. Roberto Firmino can't get into this team. Right. Coach Chiche has an identity with this team. They're so good. Neymar's playing very well. He's been doing some things in this in games that I'm just like out of this world. Unbelievable. I just it's very difficult to bet against them. I want to go for Peru, but, you know, listen to Jimmy on this one. And that's all I'm going to say for that. I'm not going to give Brazil anymore. One of my favorite things. William Hill completely agrees with you, by the way. That's so Heavy Brazil to win straight up is minus 450. You have to bet $450 to win 100. I mean, that just that's not even any fun. So, I went to go yeah. find some of my favorite values, my favorite lines, exotics on William Hill about this game. And usually, you can find hey, a team's gonna win and get the clean sheet, and it's usually a positive value. I go to this one Brazil to win to nil or win with a clean sheet minus 143. I was like, I've never seen that before. What the hell is even happening? But then <laughs> As I mentioned, their lineup is sick. They got, they got Ederson and Gold, Danilo, Marquinhos, Thiago Silva, uh, Lodi, uh, Casemiro, Fred, and then I think Vinicius will come in, Firmino, Richarlson, Neymar. That's the starting lineup that I expect. They got Allison on the, on the bench. 
Douglas Luiz is on the bench. It's Militao, Fabinho. Yeah. Oh, they're so good. Oh my! It's just it's dumb. It's listen, really dumb. I it, when Gabriel Jesus got sent off. A cheat code. Yeah. When Gabriel Jesus got sent off. Um, it, I, there were moments, major moments of the game where it didn't feel like they had 10 men. Like that's how good they are. So anyway, so that's it. That's what you have. All right, let's move on. <laughs> let's talk about Argentina against Colombia. By the way, Lionel Messi playing really well in this tournament, clearly with an objective here. He knows that everybody's talking about, he's thinking about it himself. He hasn't won a major thing aside from the Olympics, if you want to count that, but like he hasn't won anything. He needs to win this. Right. And, and now they're facing a Colombian side. The heroics of David Ospina uh, in that penalty shootout against Uruguay. So that bat, Colombia doesn't have James Rodriguez, no Quintero. Falcao's not a part of the project anymore. You know, um, what about uh, our boy, uh, John Square? What, what's he doing? But anyway, talk to me, talk to me about this game, Argentina. I, I love me some Juan Cuadrado. I find it surprising that Argentina haven't won the Copa America since 1993. Yeah, we been. look at all the teams and all the players that they produce year in and year out. The fact that they haven't won it since 93 is a bit criminal in a lot of different ways. It would be the 15th time they've won it in their nation's history. So we'll see. As you mentioned with Messi, Leads the whole tournament in goals and assists. The guy is absolutely crushing it, scoring in so many different ways. Four goals, four assists in, in his five Copa America games. And what I find really fascinating about him is that we've seen it already in the Euros in particular, where Harry Kane was a little bit off. I'll use him as an example. It just felt like this off the field. Is he going to stay with Spurs? Is he not? Kind of rattled him a little bit. And then he finally scored and now he's relaxed. And now we're seeing a nice version of Harry Kane. Leo Messi has... The same kind of issue. His contract's expired. You know, maybe he's at peace and he already knows what his decision's going to be. He's not going to announce it till after the tournament. But but that's a lot of pressure on this guy. And he's just, let's water off his back, man. It's unbelievable. So I just, it's hard. Again, this is another, another one that seems pretty straightforward. Colombia have only scored three goals in five games. Um, but they do have that 2-2 result against Argentina World Cup qualifying right before the tournament started. Argentina were up 2-0. And Colombia came back and fought back to make it 2-2. No Emiliano Martinez, though, Jimmy Conrad. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I just feel like that is it's a possibility where Colombia can lean on that. Hey, we were down 2-0. We've, 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 we've hung with these guys before. And they've got Otamendi in the back. So you never know, right? But, uh, <laughs> and Otamendi, you always have a chance. You got the Adelanto duo, of course, with Luis Muriel and Duvan Zapata. Muriel have not, not been as good, I think as we expected him to be. A lot of Atalanta players are killing it in all tournaments this summer. But... Uh, and by the way, Argentina has only conceded two goals in this whole thing. Um, I know, I know, you're right. Armani was in goal for the Bolivia game. That was 4-1. And then Emilio Martinez for the Paraguay. Uh, no, sorry, yeah. the uh, Chile yeah. game, which is the opener. Aside from that, 3 nothing against Ecuador, one nothing against Paraguay, one nothing against Uruguay. They're very good defensively. Very good. You're right. Only giving up two goals in five games. So Argentina to win to nil, just to keep that line going. Win with a clean sheet, plus 145. I would look at that. I could see a 1-0, 2-0. But there is a part of me that thinks that Colombia, when you have that last gasp of like, this is now or never, you have that urgency that only comes from our backs against the wall. If they scored, I wouldn't be surprised. And because Argentina's back line does have a history of making mistakes in big moments and big games, I think Argentina is going to win this. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just trying to figure out how to shape the rest of my betting. So Argentina to win and both teams to score. If you think it'll be like a two, one or three, one plus three sixty, 
odds boost. There's an odds boost on on William Hill. I think everybody should consider it. Messi to score first, plus 350. It was at plus 240. Now it's at plus 350, giving a little odds boost there. To, That's very they're, good. They're baiting us. They're baiting us to do it, and I'm yeah. looking at it really, really hard. And then if you wanted to combine those two, Messi to score, Argentina to win, both teams to score is plus 600. That's called my Jimmy special in the Champions League. I was hitting it quite a bit with Lukaku and Lewandowski, but uh, I don't know if I've ever hit it with Messi, and this would be a good time to make that happen. This so would be a mind. great time. It's this just a matter, honestly, all, all we have to decide is, or whether we can talk ourselves into it and whether we have enough belief in Colombia to make it happen, do we think they'll score in this game? And if, if they do, then I would, if we do, then I think that's a good bet. Well, I've already mentioned about the offensive threats that they don't have. So, you know, they have to go pretty gung-ho and, to your point, rely on previous games, especially in the World Cup qualifiers. So everything is pointing, everybody, to a, um, a super classical of, of the Americas, right? The You know, the classic, which is Brazil-Argentina in the final. But we've given you plenty of information, plenty. I'm going to say in this game, Argentina-Colombia, just to finish everything off. Do it. I think defensively they're going to remain. I think it's going to be two nothing. Okay, that's it. <laughs> that's all I have. So, Ar so Argentina to win to nil plus yeah. one forty five is probably the way to go. Uh, I also want to just give a shout out to David Espina in goal for Colombia. I think he's been pretty fantastic. Made a lot of big saves so far. Yep. yep. But they are struggling a little bit, moving the ball forward in a meaningful way, and doing it consistently. Uruguay, who they Colombians who they played and beaten penalties. It was zero zero, but that Uruguay defense is is pretty good. So I don't know. This is uh this is a tough one. Argentina is gonna win. I think we can all see that. We all want Argentina Brazil in the final. That would be next level. Well, not and, uh, we, Jimmy, not all of us. <laughs> That's true. 99% of us would like to see Argentina <laughs> versus Brazil in the final. And uh only the Copa America and all the craziness and chaos that comes from that tournament would give us something different than that final. But We'll see. We'll see. I think that Argentina and Brazil will be there. And with all due respect to my Peruvian host here. Yeah. Well, let's move on. Uh, unfortunately, head is uh, winning over heart. And <laughs> Jimmy Conrad with the knowledge and uh, Jimmy will be back, by the way, when we recap Italy, Belgium on Tuesday. Final words, Jimmy, before we say goodbye, you gave us so much goodness, my man. What do you have to say to say goodbye? I just have to say that it's Italy, Spain and not Italy, Belgium. But did I, I say would Italy, say Belgium? you did. It's fine, because I'd like to see that game again. So if we could have back-to-back you know games it's Italy, Belgium, and Italy, Spain. It's because Roberto Martinez is a CBS colleague. And I feel <laughs> glad it was in my contract to say them again. I love that. I love that. I love that. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate uh, sharing this podcast and doing it with you and obviously with the audience. And uh, enjoy the games. They're going to be next level. And I look forward to catching up after getting all the news and results. And we're going to get after it. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just rambling at this point. You guys have a good rest of your day. <laughs> Amen, brother. Thank you, Jimmy. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Fabrizio Romano and Jimmy Conrad for joining today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Pod. We're also on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Kegolasso. Make sure that you subscribe and, of course, watch all the videos. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We're on CBS Sports, your CBS Sports app as well. Have a great, great day. Enjoy this week of tremendous action, and we'll see you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.